and welcome to episode 13 of The Other Berman Show. It's just me for this episode. We're going to dive into the latest headlines around the NFL and one big headline in the NBA. For a week in August, this was a pretty jam-packed week in terms of sports news, as well as a little bit of a breakdown of the Ravens' win of the Packers. And then... One final NFL season prediction that I did not give to you yet is coming up at the end of the show. And then, of course, actually two on the show is the Q&A again. I apologize for no mic. Mike will hopefully be back. Hopefully I'll have a mic before the start of the NFL season. I can tell you that much. It'll probably be no mic though for the next couple weeks. But again, by the time the NFL season starts, I will almost definitely have my mic. Again, Rose didn't realize it broke, but... That being said, enjoy episode 13 of The Other Berman Show. All right. Let's get things started. And we start with the smallest piece of news. But you know what? I like this guy. So I'm going to talk about it. Josh McCown ends his retirement and is signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, This comes after Nate Sudfeld and Cody Kessler, their other backups, both suffering season-ending injuries, so their only healthy quarterback was Clayton Thorson because Carson Wentz doesn't really play in the preseason for obvious reasons. So instead of just making Clayton Thorson play, they're running into the preseason. They're going to have Josh McCown and Thorson battle it out for the backup quarterback job this season because their top two guys are both out for the year. I'm happy for him. He's, this is his 11th NFL team, which is ridiculous. He is somebody that just can't be stopped, can he? And, well, I'm happy for Josh McCown getting another job in the NFL. This is probably the last one, considering he's 41 years old. But you know what? I'm happy for him. Congratulations to Josh McCown. Next up, we have a pretty big piece of news, and that is, of course that Derwin James, the safety from the L.A. Chargers, will miss the next three to four months, which will be about until the end of the regular season, maybe start of the playoffs. That's a huge injury for a guy who had an unbelievable rookie year. Um, he, he was on his way to becoming a top three safety in the NFL. Some people thought he already was. And it's very sad. Hopefully he can come back um, before the season even ends. The Chargers will probably be in the playoffs, so he'll be able to play in the playoffs for him. But, my God, I cannot. It's just... It's terrible about Derwin James. It's the preseason. Injury bug gets out. And the first star to go down for a while is a player who came off a very promising rookie year. So I'm very, very sad about Derwin James going down for the Charger, Chargers fans. Know all too well what it's like to get bit by the injury bug. Last year with Hunter Henry and Jason Verrett. Now here it is with Derwin James. Melvin Gordon's holding out. In fact, if you listen closely, you can actually hear the Chargers moving down in my power rankings if you listen extremely closely. But um, I currently have them at number six. And when the season starts, they won't be at number six. They'll probably be at like 10 or 11. But... Yeah, Derwin James goes down. Sad about him. Wishing the best. Um, 
Next up is the biggest piece of news. He's back. Josh Gordon has been reinstated by the NFL, um, which is huge for not only him, obviously, the New England Patriots. Now, on paper, this Patriots team is even worse than last year, and everybody counted them out last year. And this year, nobody counted them out, but my God, that roster was even worse, especially that receiving core and now, without Gronk. But now, he might not be a tight end, but yeah, you're a replacement for Gronk in terms of another target, and that is Josh Gordon back. Edelman's getting older, so you need another guy for that Patriots receiving core. So Josh Gordon coming back is going to be huge for those Patriots, a team that, I'm telling you, absolutely needed it. And it's not because they weren't going to be bad after. I'll tell you, if my Super Bowl prediction turns out right now, I'm hoping it will, is, well, I'm hoping it's not real, not doesn't turn out well because it means the Ravens will make it. Neither way. If my Patriots Saints Super Bowl prediction turns out well, keep going with that high-powered Saints offense. You need a top guy. Josh Gordon's going to be your top guy if he can make it there because, you know, I'm, I'm, he doesn't even stay healthy. That's not going to be the issue. But if he cannot get suspended again, they're going to need him. He's going to need to play well, and I think he will play well. And, again, he's 28 years old. He's younger than people realize. If he can, if this really is Josh Gordon back and really someone who can stay in the league, he can be a great receiver for a long time because every time we've seen him, he's been great. Not good. Okay, he's been great. He's been a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Like, he's been that good. So, I mean, as an NFL fan, I am so happy for him because, A, he, he got his, it looks like he got, hopefully this means he got his life together. And B, he's very, very fun to watch. All right. Now, this one's going to be a little long here. This is the, like the little bit of a longer part of this because now for non-Ravens fans, Skip a little bit. Um, but for you Ravens fans, I got some breakdowns for you here of this Ravens-Packers win. And I'm going to do a little thing. It's a stock up, stock down for the Ravens this year, for the Ravens after the week two game. Hold on. All right. Let me just get, all right, there we go. First guy whose stock went up, someone who, (laughs) I can't believe it because he's been terrible in his career. And the fact that he didn't suck in this game is a shock because he's been an absolute bust. If he was a first rounder, he'd be on Perriman, Matt Elam level of bust, but he's a fourth round pick. It doesn't really matter. But I'm talking about Jermaine Illuminar. You know what? Give the guy credit. He played well. He did. He's not going to start. I'm hoping he still won't make the team. He probably he probably put himself in the roster after this game, though, because there's a chance he could have made it either way. I'm hoping that we still cut him. But he might have put himself in this roster after this performance because he did play well. He ran block very well. I don't think he gave him any sacks. Um, PFF said he did well, so I'm going to take their words for it. Everything I saw from him, he did well. 
Hey, good job by Jermaine Illuminor. Can't believe I'm saying that. Next up, a guy who saved his NFL career because if he, because I guarantee you he would not have made the Ravens roster. Probably wouldn't have made the Ravens practice squad. And I doubt any other team would have picked him up either. But after this performance, if the Ravens don't get him, it's the Kari Vedvik situation where if, even though the Ravens might not keep him, it probably won't. But if they do, but if they don't, somebody else probably will at least put him on their practice squad. I'm talking about Ataro Alaka. He came, he came in after Chris Board went down. He was like, he was not even a bubble guy. Like he was like, out of the 90 people who make the roster, he was like 88, 89. Like he was going to be one of the first people cut on cut days. He had no chance to make this roster. He played, he, not played, he balled out. And Chris Board is out for the rest of the preseason. So Alaka is going to get some opportunities here. Kenny Young and Peanut have those starting jobs now, assuming, well, Chris Bort was starting to take it away. I don't know if Kenny Young's going to keep it. But that fourth linebacker spot, which then would be, is now the third linebacker spot, he's going to be the third linebacker until Chris Bort comes back. Ball out of locker because if you don't make the Ravens, he plays well enough, somebody else probably pick him up. And Taro Alaka could be in the NFL. He's got NFL talent, and he played very well. So if he's not on the Ravens, it'll probably be somewhere, but Alaka played very well. Next up, Cyrus Jones. He had a decent game. He didn't play bad. He didn't play good, though. The reason why his stock went up is because he's probably your starting slot corner because Tavon Young is out for the year. We'll get on to that later. But because of that, he's going to be most likely, assuming we don't pick someone up, or Brandon Carr doesn't get it the slot corner. So, first of all, I don't, I don't really like that move. But <laughs> being Cyrus Jones be the slot corner. He's a good returner, but like, slot corner? No way. Nope, 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 nope. I want somebody else. I want the Ravens to pick someone else up. Please, 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 please. But if he is, it's because of the table on Young injury. So his stock went up. It's not, nothing that he did, but stock went up because of it. Cyrus Jones, Baltimore native, though. Gilman, football superstar. Next up is a guy who is a starter. But he played very well, but his stock went up on the D-line. I'm talking about Pat Ricard. Pat Ricard. Yeah. He's probably the MVP of the game. Force fumble... Fumble recovery. Paved the way for the Justice Hill touchdown, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Did a lot of things in motion as well. He was on the move a lot. Like, most of the plays where a player was in motion, it was number 42. Like, he was moving around a lot. He didn't get, I don't think he got a catch, but he was doing a lot of things, a lot of misdirection. Blocked very well. Played very well on the D-line as well. And Wink Martindale said, Apparently, Jerry Sandusky, because Sandusky said on the broadcast that not only is a fullback, we're going to see Ricard probably play a little bit of two-way, not just in the preseason, but during the regular season. Because um, the Ravens, of course, we all know how the Ravens play defense. There's rotation after rotation after rotation after rotation. Pat Ricard is going to get in. And last year, he's probably got like, I think he got like 20, 30 snaps. He's, he's probably going to be like an actual rotation guy this year, which I'm all right with because he plays like that in the regular season. That's an I just a asset right there. And he's a good fullback. He's not like a 
top 10 full, actually, probably, he might be. I don't even know if 10 teams even use a fullback anymore, so he might be a top 10 fullback. Either way, um, he's a good player, good blocker, and, of course, on defense, he impressed. And probably the MVP of the preseason game, Pat Ricard. Next up is the guy who was the receiver of that touchdown that Pat Ricard paved the way for, Justice Hill. This guy... It's an unpopular opinion because he's not as well-known or well-loved. But he's faster than Lamar. I'm sorry, he is. And he's not... I mean, I'd probably say Hollywood's probably faster. And Marlon Humphrey is sneaky very fast as well. He, I think he's probably, he's probably faster than Marlon. I think only Hollywood is... I think Hollywood would be the only player on this team that's faster than Justice Hill. He is fast. And I'm talking fast, fast. Like, track speed fast. He ran a four three. He ran a four four on the combine, but I'm telling you, he's got four three speed, like low four three speed. And he showed it off. Like I was impressed by him week one, but Thursday he showed me something. Like he's he could be a good player for us. I like him a lot. I like Justice Hill a lot, and I hope he gets the opportunity. He reminds me of what Gus Edwards did in the preseason last year, where even though we didn't wind up making the team, like he obviously has the opportunity to play well. Like, He'll will make the team, but he's probably not going to play. But if he gets that opportunity, watch out. Justice Hill could be the starting running back by the end of the season. He really could be, given that he gets the opportunity. If he doesn't get the opportunity, it won't happen. But if he gets that opportunity, I wouldn't be shocked to see Justice Hill be the starting running back by the end of the season. Well, him, well, I mean, him and Ingram might split. Don't, don't count Mark, I'm, Mark Ingram, obviously, but like over Gus and over um, Kenneth Dixon. And then, yeah, Hill and Ingram could probably split in carries. Next up. Who I got left? All right. Next up, I'm talking about Trace McSorley. McSorley, he impressed. And, I mean, there were some rumors saying that he might not make the team, but let's face it, he was going to make the team either way. And after that performance, he's definitely making the team. And, hey, hats off to Trace McSorley. Play well. And of course, the RG knee injury, he. We all knew he'd get that opportunity because RG knee is RG knee for a reason. You know, this is hand, but neither way. McSorley got in, balled out, played well, and he's going to be on this roster. He definitely played better than Callahan. Although Callahan played bad, but he played better than him. And we're going to see him play that Taysom Hill role, and because after that. He's guaranteed to spot on that roster, that's for sure. Good job, Trace McSorley. Last up. You guys knew this was coming. Because for those of you that have been following me on Instagram since my beginning, since I was just at Ravens Nation for the win, when that was my Instagram. Because, yes, that was the time that was my Instagram. For those of you that have known me at school, those of you that know me at camp, you guys know. Ever since we drafted this guy, I've always had a feeling about him. I've always liked him. And I've always hyped him. And this, honestly, I thought the other day, he, there's a chance he might be my favorite player on the team because just how much I hype him up. And, la- and mm, last night, Thursday, five for five on targets. Touchdown. Ball on special teams like he always does. I'm talking, of course, about... about my boy, Chris Moore. 
<laughs> Sorry about that. But Chris Moore. Yeah. You guys know I love him. And if you didn't already, you just heard that I loved him. Everybody knows it now. I, I want to make that clear. Because I'm telling you, he's a good player. And if it's not on the Ravens, it'll be somewhere else. Not that he won't make this team. But I'm saying uh, down the road, if it's on another team. Come back to this. And if you didn't already know about my thoughts about Chris Moore. Because I really think he can be a very good receiver. I'm not trying to hype him up as like an all-pro or anything. I'm hyping him up as a number two, number low-end, number one receiver. Not fantasy-wise. That's like a team number one receiver. But Chris Moore killed it. And in-game opportunities, he's been up and down. But when he's been up, he's been very up. And in the return game, he's done well. And of course, his forte, special teams, he's an absolute monster. So the rumors that he was going to get cut, they're gone. Thank God, because you guys know, if he got, I would have thrown a fit. Because Chris Moore is a good receiver. And you know what? In my opinion, he's better than Seth Roberts. I'd take him over Seth Roberts 10 out of 10 times. I'd take him... I just blanked the name. <laughs> Hold on. I'd take him over Miles Boykin. If you ask me who my top... Who I would play as our top three receivers... Hollywood, Sneed, and Chris Moore. I am that high on Chris Moore. I take him over Boykin. I definitely take him over Seth Roberts. So Chris Moore. Hey, team. Good job, Chris Moore. Now, we're stocked down. First of all, I'm going to talk about two players here. Shane Ray and Michael Floyd. We signed him on the same day. I was at school that day. I remember walking in. And everyone's saying, oh, Shane Ray, Michael Floyd. No. I said no. They're not going to make the team. Michael Floyd, they actually agreed with me on. But Shane Ray, they were like, what? No, they all, they, everyone thought Shane Ray's going to You still think Shane Ray's going to make that team? Mm-mm. He's been terrible. Michael Floyd's been awful, too. Neither of them were going to make the team. Yeah, again, they agree with me on Michael Floyd, but Shane Ray, you guys threw a fit. No. He made that team. I mean, he's not making that team because he's been awful. He has been a bust in the NFL, a first-round bust. Rashad Perriman, bust. Shane Ray, bust. Matt Elam, bust. That's not the point. No, Matt Elam actually just got signed in the XFL. I got off track. Got off track. Um... Next up is a guy who, oh boy, because of the Tavon Young injury, he's going to play a little bit of slot corner. And when he does, God help us all. And Earl Thomas and Tony Jefferson, you better be watching that slot when this guy's covering. Because he's going to make the team. He's going to have to play a little bit because of the Young injury. Because he sucked. He's awful. Anthony Averett. Like, he's terrible. But he's going to make the team because we need a slot corner. And... Him and Cyrus Jones are the top two slot corners that are on the roster because of the Taylor Young injury. I mean, Brandon Carter is probably, probably the slot, top slot corner on the roster, but is he actually going to be able to play slot corner? Because if they do, then it's only Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith covered on the outside, and that's an issue. Ravens are a little thin at corner, which is weird because we probably have the best secondary in the league, but we're a little thin at corner. We really are. And I know... 
fans of teams with terrible secondaries are like, what are you talking? No, we're a little thin of corn. I'm sorry, we are. Last up is a guy who didn't play, but his stock went down because of the great performance from Justice Hill and Kenneth Dixon playing well as well. DeLance Turner. He was a guy, him and Kenneth Dixon are probably are competing for that fourth running back spot on the roster. Hill, um, Hill, Edwards, and Ingram were on, and it was like um, Dixon and Turner. And Turner didn't really play, but um, Kenneth Dixon did, and he fought through injury. Because you can say he got shaken up, came back, played well. So he did play through a little bit of an injury. He seemed better, though, at the game. And, yeah. So Delance Turner, who showed some flashes in the preseason last year. He was on our practice squad last year. Probably won't make the team. It's not because he didn't play. because Kenneth Dixon did, and he played pretty well. And last about the Ravens is, is quick. Is the new feature how the lights go out after a touchdown on the Ravens? No, I'm getting Super Bowl 47 flashbacks. Like, mm-mm. I'm not a fan. Now they're not going to do that. It's only gonna, they're only going to do it at like night games. So if the Ravens score against the Patriots, like they'll do it. I'm not a fan of that at all. Especially someone who sits up in five ten. Uh-uh. Not a fan. I'm getting Super Bowl flashbacks. Like, <laughs> it's kind of weird, you know. It's, it's it has like an NBA feel to it. It's not an NFL game type thing, especially in an outdoor stadium. Like, if it was indoor, it would have made sense. Like, it has NBA pregame intro stuff. This is, like, even if they, if they did it for, like, pregame intros to the night games, I'd, honestly, I'd be on board with that. That'd be kind of cool. But, just have to, like, uh-uh. I, I, I don't like that. And... I have a feeling at one point, like, this is just because knowing the Ravens, like, tech guys, and they've had issues with stuff like this in the past, with, like, the scoreboard when they first got that. When they first got the scoreboard, they had a lot of issues with the play clock and stuff with the refs, and they had sat there for, like, 30 seconds trying to get the play clock, right? I remember that vividly. It was, like, two years ago against, I think it was against Cleveland, and the ref was going, please reset the game. Now, sometimes, like, the game clock's a little messed up, so they tell you to reset the game clock, put a couple extra seconds on there. Please reset the game clock. I think it was, like, I don't remember the exact number. I don't remember a little bit. They sat there about 30 seconds. They couldn't get the clock to where it was supposed to be. And I feel like they're going to try out. I mean, it worked there in the, um, on Thursday. But I feel like one of these times in a primetime game, the Ravens are going to score a touchdown. They're going to knock out the lights. And they're going to have an issue turning them back on. And I just... I feel like he's just destined to fail, you know? Like, I just, I'm not on board with it. All right. Now, before we get into the um, NBA, there's one last thing I want to talk about, and that is the injuries to Tavon Young and Chris Board. Chris Board was in the process of beating out Kenny Young to be the second linebacker. He was in the process of becoming the... Um, other Mike linebacker with Peanut. He's out for the preseason of the concussion. Gonna give Kenny Young all the opportunities now. And it's Kenny Young's job to lose. So Chris Board's gonna have to wait probably until midseason to take that job back. And it's not because Kenny Young's bad, it's just I like what I've seen out of Chris Board. Is Bart Scott, um uh, what's the word? Ah, what's the word? I'm thinking of um I'll choose something else. He has Bart Scott written all over him. That's not the term I was looking for, but I forgot what it was. I'm going to yell it in like five minutes and just be like, oh, it's just full warning. But Chris Board has Bart Scott written. 
all over him. In terms of just an undrafted guy who, like, took a little bit of time, get up, and now here he is. Like, I like what I see now, Kim. Big time. And the other one is a huge loss for the Ravens. Huge. Tavon Young. He missed two years ago with a torn ACL. Played, played well last year. Now he's out for the year again. It's contract year for him. Probably going to kiss that new contract for the Ravens goodbye. Because we're not going to keep him after two out of his four seasons ending due to a season ending injury before even the first regular season game. Because the first one was in OTAs, and this one's in preseason. So he's played two out of his four career years. The other two were season ending injuries, one in OTAs, the other in preseason. All right? He's not going to get that new deal. So we're going to have to look in the uh, slot corner market in this year's draft or free agency. But that's not the reason why I'm mad about it. The reason why I'm mad about it is that. The Ravens were going to have the best secondary in the NFL this year. I was, it, it was, we were going to have it. Now, I still think we'll have the best secondary in the league. But it won't be that shut down defense that it really could have been. Because we now have a glaring weakness in the slot. On the outside, with Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr. No, you're not passing. And Earl Thomas and Tony Jefferson. But no, you're not passing against that. But on the slot... Look out. I was talking about it with some... I forgot I was talking about it with the other day. But so you, got, you might need to switch Marlon. Like, depending on who you got. If, you have, if their top guy is a slot, you can maybe move Marlon over to cover the slot because he definitely could do that. And then Jimmy over there. But, like... They got a little, that's an issue. That's slot corner. And... Unless if the Ravens could pick someone else up, you're going to be leaning on Cyrus Jones or Anthony Averitt. God help us if it's Anthony Averitt. So, Maurice Kennedy, is he healthy? Is he never at home? Let me check Maurice Kennedy. Do we even still have him? So I feel like he played slot corner for us. Kennedy. Like he played for us, but I'm, I'm trying to remember if he's a slot guy or not. Maurice Kennedy. He's still on our team. I believe he is. I believe we still have him, right? Don't we? We do. Now, I might be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he can play slot corner, can he? Right? Hmm. I'm pretty sure he can. Well, I'll figure it out. I'm pretty sure he is, though. I'll figure it out later. Not important right now. But, um... Okay. Either way. So, I got to put it off try there. Tavon Young, injury. Not good. Goodbye with that. Now, let's get into the NBA. Friday. So, yesterday. No way it happened yesterday. Hold on. I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, I don't think about it. But either way, the Lakers lost big man Boogie Cousins for the year. A torn ACL. This is his third serious injury in two years. This guy's got to retire. This guy has to retire. Like, 
another serious injury to him. He's already not as good as he used to be last year and stuff in Golden State. So, Boogie, hang it up. Hang it up before you can't walk. Before you can't walk, hang it up. Because, Boogie, you're done. You are done, Boogie Cousins. Hang it up, Boogie. Great career. Could have been better. Prime years wasted in Sacramento. But, (laughs) well, Boogie goes down. The Lakers, you guys know, wasn't that high on them to begin with. I'm not saying, like, no playoffs. They'll still be fine. They'll still be in the second round. But I didn't think they were making the conference finals anyway. I'm sorry. They're not making the conference finals, and I'm sticking by it. Sticking by, I mean, sticking by, and speaking of predictions in the NBA, coming up a little bit later on the show, I didn't even talk about the intro because I wanted to surprise you guys a little bit here. Coming up later on the show, my official NBA predictions record-wise, I'm going to give you my playoff teams, my NBA finals prediction and all of that. A little bit later on. Coming up on Tuesday, I'll give you my awards predictions. Speaking of predictions, I got one last NFL prediction to get to. And that is my prediction for which head coaches will get fired this year. I am predicting that the NFL will have fired six coaches at the end of the season. And get go by them one by one. In order of uh, easiest decision to... Hardest decision. All right. We're going to start things off with the Giants firing uh, Pat Shermer, I believe is the first one on here. Let me go to it. Yep. Giants firing Pat Shermer. Um, I mean, the Giants are going to suck this year. We all know it. They've sucked ever since he's been there. And they're going to suck for a couple years after. Just how it works. When a team's this bad, they're going to clean house. They're going to clean house. They're going to fire Gettleman, and they're going to fire him. They're going to fire them both. They're both going to be out of here. Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman, you can get rid of them both. Gettleman's, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Gettleman's going to be the only GM fired this year. Actually, hold on. Let me go by here. Let me check here. Let me, let me look. I like to think about it here for a second. Um... see. Yeah. Probably. Probably the only GM to get fired this year. Alright. So yeah, Pat Shermer. Obvious reason. There's not much to talk about here. It's obvious. That's why they're going to fire Pat Shermer. It's almost guaranteed. Next up, Jay Gruden getting fired by the Redskins. And I think the Redskins got a good future. They got the easiest schedule in the league. And if this was next year on the end of the schedule, they could be a playoff team because they had a really nice future. And the Redskins could be – if they had this type of schedule next year with a year under their belts, the Redskins could have been could be a playoff team. But I just don't think they have it this year to put it together. And I think they've given Jay Gruden enough chances, and I think he'll be shown the door. they got a new coaches. And, again, I think the Redskins, give it a couple years, could be in the playoffs because they got a nice future. I'm high on Haskins. I like Geis. And I like Ryan Kerrigan a lot. He's probably the most under he might be the most underrated player in the league, Ryan Kerrigan. 
So Redskins got Redskins are pretty good in terms of talent. I just don't think they're going to be able to put together this year. And then Gruden will be shown the door. Next up, and it's because I think, and if they take a huge step down, there's no question. To, like I think they will. There is no question about this one. The Vikings will fire Mike Zimmer. The Vikings, I think they're going to be awful. I mean, and it's not because I'm low on Kirk. It's because I think he's in the wrong fit. Um, now, I talked about a little bit last week about like how I hate the term system player. Because every player has a system. And you know what? This is the wrong system for Kirk Cousins. Like, it is because he's he played well. It's just he's not in the right like fit. It just Minnesota doesn't fit for him. I think if he went to the Jets, it would have been better because um, it was either them or the Jets. Because this is before they got Darnold. Actually, it was right before they got, they. It was before free agency, and they wouldn't have drafted Darnold. Obviously, who knows? Okay, that's an interesting. What if what if Kirk Cousins and the Jets? First of all, I think Kirk Cousins would have been better. I think the Vikings would have been off better. I think both teams would have been off better. I think Keenum would have been better in Minnesota if they kept him. And I think Kirk would have been better in Denver. Um, Denver. And um, the Jets. And I just, it's just a feeling the Vikings. Like, I just think they're going to take a step down. It's, their roster's good. I, it, Kyle Rudolph's not that good anymore. He's good, but he's not like that same level. Feeling Diggs are fine. They're great. Dalvin Cook can't stay healthy. And the O-line isn't great to begin with. Like, they just got some holes there. And I think, I think that's a step. It's not because, I don't think that team's going to be bad for a while. I think it's like next one, maybe two years, they'll be bad, and they'll be right back on track. It's just, and I think if they take that step down, they'll have no choice but to fire Mike Zimmer. Next up, the Jaguars firing Doug Marone. Jaguars, they're stuck in 2017. They hid that fact by uh, signing Nick Foles. But the Jaguars are convinced that they are a Super Bowl contender. They just had the wrong quarterback. And this year, the Jaguars will figure out the fact that they are not a Super Bowl contender. Their team is bad now, and they will fire their coach. And it'll be deservedly so. Like, Doug Marone... Not a bad coach, but I'm telling you, they got no choice but to show him the door. He will be showing the door, and I'm pretty sure about it. So, yeah. Dumb is going to get fired. Next up is a bit of a surprise, but eight coaches were fired last year. And I think one of them will be one and done. I think one coach will be so bad that they'll be forced to do something that's only been done a handful of times in the history of the NFL. A little more recent, a little more um, common in the last five, uh, four, five, three to five years. It's been a little more common. But in the history of the NFL, it's a very rare thing. And that is a coach getting fired in their first year. And I think one of the eight will be. And I am talking about... Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals. He was easily the worst coach. He was easily the worst hire out of the eight. Coaches get hired. He was the one I was lowest on. I think the Bengals are going to be truly awful. I think I just 
They're already being beat up by injuries. AJ Green's out for a couple weeks. I mean, he'll he'll be fine by the time we get to like week four. He'll be fine, but like AJ Green's already injured. Dalton, I don't think he's gonna get along with him. I mean, he's a quarterback coach um, turned head coach, so he didn't. He never even was a coordinator. He went from being the quarterback coach to being a head coach. I don't even. I, I, so Dalton might get along. That's yeah, Dalton might, but I just don't see it. I think the Bengals are gonna be bad. I think he's gonna get fired. I'm gonna be one and done. Move on to the next coach because Zach Taylor is not your answer. And the last one is a guy who I thought would be one and done last year. Matt Patricia. He's not a head coach. It's just that simple. Like, great DC. He's Chuck Pagano. He's Rex Ryan. Who else am I thinking of? He's, actually, they're the two best, actually. They're the two best people I can think of. They're, he's the Chuck Pagano, Rex Ryan of the 2019 head coaches. Excellent DC. Just not a head coach. Rex Ryan was the same. He was a great coordinator for the Ravens. He was great. Hired by the Jets, terrible. Hired by the Bills, terrible. Now he's working on TV. Chuck Pagano, great coordinator for the Ravens. I forgot how else we, yeah, he went to other places too. He was great there. Hired by the Colts, a little bit of success, but then, terrible. He's now a DC in Chicago after taking a year off in the NFL. Now he's back in Chicago at what he belongs at, D.C. Now Patricia is going to get fired. Might take a couple years off. And guess what? He'll be back as a D.C. where he belongs and he will excel there. Wade Phillips as well. He was a great D.C., got hired as a head coach, got fired. And guess what? He's arguably the best D.C. of all time. Arguably. Again, I'm not saying. He's arguably the best D.C. in the league. Now, before we get into my official NBA predictions... It's time for the Q&A. And right before I do the Q&A, let's take a look now and see if anybody submitted any new questions. Don't believe so. Nope. Nobody else did, so we're going to stick with a five. All right. First one is from my cousin, at underscore Dylan Asher. And he said, thoughts on Justice Hill. Well, I already answered that. I answered that a little earlier in the show. So you want to know my thoughts on Justice Hill? Just listen back if you forgot. Next one from at BBL underscore CEO. Brandon says, is Brandon the main source of your questions? And absolutely, but not in this episode. At RW Swizzle says, how successful do you think Hollywood will be on the Ravens? I think he'll be a good receiver on the Ravens this year. Um, but he's not going to be that deep threat that everyone thinks he's going to be. I think he's going to be just a jet sweep. He'll be all the trick plays. And then occasionally when we want to go deep, he'll be the deep threat. But he's going to be more of a check down guy. Because let's face it, Lamar is the worst arm in the league. So he's not going to be like the big time, big shot quarter play receiver. That was way too hard to say. He's not going to be a big time shot receiver because our, our team's not fit to do that. Lamar's not the quarterback to do that. So he won't be. But in terms of jet sweeps, in terms of punt return, in terms of kick returns, in terms of slant routes, oh, he's going to be great. And then you know what? Occasionally when I'm going to go deep, I'm going to go over the top. He's the guy to get to. I'm very high on Hollywood. Next up, at Brady underscore Nicholas 6, he says, will Zeke and Melvin Gordon get their contracts and play? Zeke, we got some developing, uh, some developing news about right before I started recording, is that Zeke is back in Dallas. Of course, the Cowboys are now in Hawaii playing their preseason game. But he's in Dallas. So, you know, you never know. And their training camp's in California, so I don't really know why he's in Dallas. But you know what? And it could be exactly because their training camp's in California, so I'm not going to overreact here. 
He could just be, like, home from vacation in Cabo, but you never know. Like, who knows? But, hey, he could be back. And Melvin Gordon, he's not going to get his contract, but he's not going to hold out. He's going to play. Like, he, he's not going to pull Levy on. He's going to play, but I don't think he's going to get his deal. I think he's going to leave after this year. But I think he will play for the Chargers this year. And last up, from underscore dot Cole underscore S dot underscore. That is a mouthful. And Cole says, how will the young Giants defense do this year? Terrible. Absolutely awful. I I don't like anybody on that Giants defense. The one guy who I like in the Giants defense is now at your division rivals. The Redskins have him now. Landon Collins. Jackrabbit Jenkins is old and washed up. Dexter Lawrence... Not Dexter Lawrence. Hold on. What the de- am I trying to? Am I um getting? It wasn't Dexter Lawrence. Who's the guy they drafted? Hold on. Was it Dexter Lawrence? It was. One of my dad was like, it was Dexter Lawrence. I'm not high on Dexter Lawrence. <sighs> Secondary is a joke. No. Giants are not going to be good on defense at all. Sorry, Cole. All right. When we come back from a quick commercial break, we will be unveiling my 2019 official record NBA predictions and playoff predictions. We'll be right back. All right. So I just recorded it, and it was a lot longer than I thought. So here's what's going to happen. This is the end of episode 13. You can come back tomorrow for episode 14. Again, yes, tomorrow I will bring you episode 14, my official NBA predictions. So we got a bonus episode in there this week. You can thank my long talking and going on and on for the extra episode because, well, it took just too long. But, yeah, again, tomorrow you can catch my official NBA predictions, record predictions, playoff predictions. You know what? Because that, it took a while, but it's not enough for a full episode. I'll throw my award predictions as well tomorrow. So that way, all my predictions for the NBA are in one spot. Episode 14 of The Other Berman Show, coming at you tomorrow. You can follow me on Instagram, at The Other Berman Show. My DMs are open. You can ask me anything you want. And you can also go into the Q&A on my story. That is how you submit your questions to the Q&A. And I will give your Instagram a shout-out. You guys know the drill by now. There, this is the end of 13 episodes. You guys should know it by now. All right. Thank you for listening to episode 13 of the other Berman Show. We will see you tomorrow for episode 14. Goodbye and go Ravens.